Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello there, movie truthers. It's Michael Leader here with the third dispatch from the International Film Festival here in Rotterdam, broadcasting out of Podcast Corner uh, near the bar and, and coffee point here in the Doolin. So uh, excuse any hubbub in the background. But today I'm sitting with Anna Lazic. Hello. And David Jenkins. Hey. How are we doing, gang? Not bad. Great. Yeah, no, Still keep, feeling keep, fresh. Keep, yeah, keep keep keeping the flame alive. You know, like uh, it's it's cold outside, but uh, staying warm in the cinemas. So this will be our final dispatch from the festival. Indeed. So it's an opportunity for us to reflect, pick up some highlights. David, do you have anything that comes to mind? Um, yeah, I mean, I've ha- I've had a fun. Just in general, I've had a super fun time here. I mean, um, I think that there there is so much. There's so much going on at any one time that you can, kind of, you know, it's that kind of theme park vibe where you kind of, you know, you've got limited time and you've got to, you've got to really give it over to the things you, that you want to do. And uh, I, I was really pleased to catch a, catch up with a film that played in Cannes last year uh, called Liberté um, by this Spanish director Albert Serra, who, you know, he is. If anyone has ever seen him. Uh, IRL, he's mm. he's quite a character. He's he, he's this kind of Spanish dandy and cinephile who is uh, he talks a lot and he came he came yesterday to do an intro to the film and it, you, you kind of felt wow this he could be talking here forever if if if, if there wasn't a kind of shepherd's crook dragging him <laughs> off and his film is it's a kind of a dirge it's probably uh, the, the word to use but I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way it's it's one night in a forest lit by the moonlight as various uh, 18th century French uh, nobility and courtesans are basically dogging in the, in the, in the moonlight. Um, and, um, I don't remember that top loader song. Yeah, <laughs> dogging in the moonlight. Um, but, but, and, and, and yeah, it's, it, it, it's people looking at each other and like this kind of, this sort of sexual interplay that's happening and this, this people getting ready to, to sort of release these very extreme pent-up desires in, in various extreme ways. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I used the word extreme twice there, and, and I think <laughs> it's definitely uh, relevant for this film. Um, but it's, 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 it's got this really hypnotic quality to it, and uh, um, you, you just sort of... It, it's, a, it, it's a mood and an atmosphere, and there is a sort of vague storyline and intrigue happening in the background, but it's never really that more important than actually just watching these these kind of quite sort of 
conventionally ugly bodies, I, I would say. Like, certainly the men have, uh, 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 I think, uh, uh, sort of self-consciously, you know, paunchy and ugly and, like, you know, playing with their, their bits and <laughs> bits and pieces for, for a long time. I mean, there's lots and lots of shots of, of guys stood there with a kind of slightly pained expression and then and rubbing their groin like looking at something and it's it's okay you know i think i think there's lots to be said and written about this movie but i believe it's going to be coming out in london in may so um, terrific londoners listening will get a chance to to experience it and, and you know potentially walk out of it because mm-hmm. it's it's a walk out walking out kind of movie that's liberté <laughs> yes a, a, a sort of recommendation there from david oh no i i would i would say a film you definitely got a you know it, I was thinking while watching it, it would be an amazing installation, multi-camera installation piece where you could kind of stand in the middle and have, have all these people around you like looking at you as you're sort of stood in the gallery and they're kind of rubbing their bits. And <laughs> okay. And you can cho- choose which, which kind of escapade you want to watch. Choose your own adventure. Yes, it's a choose your own yeah, sexual adventure. Oh, t- terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Eleanor, what, uh, what highlights have you seen? Um, a film that I really, really loved that I saw yesterday is called Los Fantasmas by Sebastian Lojo or Loyo, I'm not sure. Um, it's from Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's really interesting is that apparently there is no film industry in Guatemala and the director is from Guatemala but he, he basically he studied in London at the London Film School and like the film is made by all these people that he like either they're just friends or they're people that are also directors are also at the London Film School that he met and they all made this movie sort of together and it's what I really really liked about it is that it's um, it's just so atmospheric cinemat- like cinematic and like just the filmmaking of it is so brilliant because there are so many things like a shot for example a long still shot on the landscape of the city in Guatemala and like that's such a template of like art house movies especially like South American art house movies but then he will just pan out and and show something else and it just feels like such a a, a smart way of like undermining all our expectations and things and just on a purely like visual cinematic level the sound design is also really good but like I just mean formally it's like so thrilling and at the end of the film uh, he came to like do the Q&A and he said the film is about this and this and I was like yes I, it is about this but like that's not what I was thinking about I wasn't like oh this film is about this and like about these like big ideas I was like it actually doesn't it didn't really matter to me what a big film of the film was because I was like just so attached to like those characters and there's a really interesting play with perspectives throughout the film like we're with this main guy who's like this really really beautiful man which certainly helps mm. uh, and then we he meets some people and we stay with them for a bit and it sort of you know circles through all these characters and so it's just a, a, a constantly interesting film that they're always doing something new and and at the end, I don't know if it, to me, it didn't really add up to something like really meaningful by big ideas, but it didn't matter. It was more like real life or like you just enjoy being in it and, and watching it and, and living it. And it was just, it was so thrilling. Oh, it wow. was just br- brilliant. And that, that title again, Los Fantasmas. Los Fantasmas um, from Guatemala. Oh, wow. Hopefully it's at festivals somewhere. I think it, it should be because it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to mention a film we, we did talk about on the previous episode, which is Betty Gordon's Variety. A real treat to coming to film festivals. I know that it, doesn't, it seems that you come to film festivals to see new films, but I love going and seeing a rep screening. Mm. And I'd heard good things about Variety, and it completely exceeded all expectations. This film about a young woman in the early 80s, filmed in the early 80s in New York, who takes up a job as a ticket seller in an adult 
movie theatre just off Times Square and it she develops a relationship with one of the punters there that becomes this almost exploration of desire and, and identity and sort of subversions of themes of from film noir as she starts to follow this man who may be linked to the mob whilst also developing her own new identity and persona as a, an amateur detective or something like that. Really fascinating film and I love how films of that period in New York become almost documentaries of what a pre-gentrification New York looked like. It's such a time capsule of a scene. The score in particular is by John Lurie who pops up in all sorts of Jim Jarmusch films but I love his his jazz man guys as the front man of the lounge lizards. His saxophone playing is just like no other. Sort of scuzzy noirish jazz and it's just brilliant I th- I'd love to watch it in a double bill with Jane Campion's In the Cut which has a similar sort of psychosexual the danger of desire mm-hmm. sort of theme running through it women sort of almost confronting their desire whilst also following dangerous men yeah absolutely wonderful yeah, it was so nice it's also about like women confronting the desire of men yes. which I really like because usually you're like in a movie you're mostly like oh the guy desires the woman and she's just there mm-hmm. and here it's like she's aware that she's being desired by this man and she's confronting that and she's interested in that And but she's also having her own agency she's not just like a victim of it you know she's like she has some agency over this and, and I really like that this like sort of awareness of the character it's brilliant and it has some absolutely wonderful off the wall scenes mm-hmm. where she has a relatively white bread sort of on off boyfriend that's, that, that comes out comes back now and then and she starts to really make him feel uncomfortable in scenes that sort of break the realism of the film where she goes into long monologues uh, uh, like explicit sexual tales and uh, you, you just watch him squirm and it is about yeah female desire on screen and it's yeah quite a great film and we saw it Saturday night in the Cinerama which is a beautiful old cinema here um, in Rotterdam, that's but a nice sort of scuzzy venue to see it in. Yeah, mm. totally. And I, I love the casting of Sarah McLeod as the right as the as the main as the main protagonist in the film because she's, as you say, she's fairly she's got this really very kind of innocent vibe to her. Like, you know, she she they've kind of cast someone who doesn't necessarily look like she'd be the person mm. who would accept a job in a in a porn cinema. But it, it, I mean, it's kind of like emphasize this idea of like necessity you know necessity and get you know have, her having to take this job and mm-hmm. accept the reality of, mm-hmm. of, of her situation and uh, it, it kind of makes her transformation feel more more interesting and more subversive at the yeah. same time so. i really like that uh, there's a lot of um talk conversations between women and she talks about working that movie theater and they're all like yeah i mean it's a job you have to do the job but whenever she tells a man they're very shocked and they're, they're disgusted by it. They're like, why would you do that? You could do anything else. And the, all the women are like, well, yeah, you have to, like, you know, make some money. <laughs> and they're all really understanding. It's, yeah, it's really and great. And you get to see a young Louis, Louis Guzman. That's yes. amazing. He's so it must good. be one of his funny. first roles, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, long before the, his, his films in the 90s, yeah. his, you know, mm. Boogie Nights, etc. Yeah. He's fantastic as the porter yeah. at the cinema. He's, Jose. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> anyway, that's Variety, another strong recommendation. So this is our last dispatch. We're all going to be shipping back to the UK pretty soon. But the festival does go on until the 2nd of February. And there, as we've said before, dozens of films showing at any one time. So are there any films from the back half of this program that we are either sorry we've missed or we'd recommend people check out? David? I guess one film that I'd be quite... Had my schedule allowed it, um, I would have been quite keen to see a film called Special Actors mm. by the director Shinjiro Ureda, 
who is uh, who, who recently delighted me with his film One Cut of the Dead. Oh, amazing! Um, uh, which which is which was a kind of something I came to very late after seeing it seeing it kind of praised highly by lots of people who saw it uh, 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 in, in the UK across quite a long period of time, and uh, and yeah. Um, I, this 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 film looks like a sort of similar setup of you know a similar idea of like deconstructing the idea of filmmaking and acting and performance and uh, and doing it in a kind of like com- comic tone but with that intellectual undertow to it. Um, so uh, yeah, my, my, I I'm just gutted that I'm not going to be able to see that one uh, this this time. But you know, it'll, it, it's going on the list. He ab- absolutely is one a director that I'll see anything he makes next because One Cut of the Dead was one of the most surprising and delightful films of the last handful of years. I think yeah, so many people I've talked to about that film have like not watched it because they're like, oh, it's just it's just a zombie film. I don't want to watch a zombie film, like low budget zombie film. And you've got to try and like grab them by the lapels and shake them and say like it's not a zombie film mm-hmm. but even if it was you should watch it yeah <laughs> the film I'm sad to miss to stay with Japanese cinema is a new film by um, Nabuhiko Abayashi who listeners may know he in, in the 70s made a, an absolutely brilliant pseudo horror film in Japan called Haosu and he's still kicking he's still going and he's made a three hour long movie called Labyrinth of Cinema let me quote from the program here it's uh, in which a cinema tra- becomes a time machine and transports young people to several crucial moments in Japanese history and it pr- is apparently a very colourful wacky off the wall film and oh, wow. that would be the sort of thing spending three hours with that I'd love to do mm. uh, Eleanor anything you're, you'd recommend or sorry to miss um, well actually I'm not going to miss it but I really want to talk about it because it sounds brilliant so I'm going to see that later today so there won't be a dispatch about it uh, it's a movie from Belgium called Moidhond uh, which sounds really interesting because it's centered on a young man who uh, is just out of prison because he's a pedophile. Mm. <laughs> and the whole movie is about, uh, apparently, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, I'm really excited. There's, uh, it, it won the audience award at the Gen Film Festival. Like, yeah. And the whole movie is about this guy just who da- he's not a bad person. He just has these impulses and these desires that he is disgusted by and he wants to get over them. And I just love the idea of like uh, a movie about this from the perspective of someone who's like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was this um, movie called The Woodsman that was starring um, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, but that wasn't very. That was quite like a, like Sundance indie, mm-hmm. like quite not not very well done. Uh, but this sounds like it's actually quite uh, psychologically complex, and uh, and the filmmaking is apparently quite um, clean and, and lovely. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Wow plenty to work on there so I suppose in a fitting way to wrap up these dispatches we've got some special time with the director of the festival Bero Beyer um, David could you set up this interview and who, who Bero is and why so, yeah, we should be excited Bero, to hear from him Bero's the like, artistic director of the festival has been for a couple of years now and he's uh, he sort of trans- seems to have transformed it or, or, or sort of taken the festival and sort of mold- tried to, to mould it a little um, he's, set, he, he's streamlined all the various um strands within the festival I mean one of the interesting things about about Rotterdam which um, which I which I love is that you have these various strands in the festival you have like deep focus and bright future and, and the, the, the um, perspectives, perspectives and voices tiger burns and, and each within each one there's like a little there are little kind of subcategories 
Um, and, but one of the things that, that's great about this festival is that there's no like hierarchy to them. There's mm-hmm. no like this this is the this is the main one that you should be focusing on, and this is the this is the sort of slightly less smaller one that you maybe shouldn't be that interested in. And all four of them have like equal billing. There's no like you know there's no kind of we're going to lift out a comp- you know we're going to lift the competition up and make that you know put all our focus on that and be and sort of program it so like you should be watching these films or films where are they they're galas or special exactly. presentations interesting yes. it's like yeah there's there's a real sense of like everything is equal in this in this festival like no no films are prized above others in terms of like having big you know a big glitzy treatment you know and and it just it just means like i mean one of the things that's that's amazing about this festival is like you know, you go to a film like Liberté, where you kind of think, you know, when it, it if it when it gets a release, it's going to probably struggle to get people through the door on such a on such a premise, and you know the fact that it's like over two hours. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, this was this this I saw it in a in a 500 seat cinema packed to the brim. Mm-hmm. You know, very very few walkouts that I saw, and you know, people people stayed right to the end and applauded and engaged with the, with with the director when he came on with a Q and A and just feels like the, the audiences are really like up for it here you know and I think it's because like the program makes it easy for them to like dis- to discover stuff mm-hmm. uh, and, and take a take a gamble on things so yeah this is Barabaya Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Okay, I'm here with Vero Bayer, outgoing festival director of the uh, Rotterdam Film, International Film Festival Rotterdam. Sorry to have to put it so bluntly. Uh, you don't <laughs> oh, mind. I'm still ongoing. Yeah. I'm going like crazy every day. Every, from early morning, the nine o'clock screenings till midnight, and then in the wee hours when the filmmakers come together and discuss amongst themselves with the audience what they have just seen and mm-hmm. blew their minds or inspired them or made them angry. Uh, I might be outgoing, but I'm still enjoying every last frame and every last meeting of this festival. Well, I've just caught you as you've just come out of a uh, doing an intro to a film. Yes, which, sa- which sounds fascinating, and it's the it's the um, 
ordinary this ordinary heroes program that's been yes. introduced. Yes, this was a program we kept to the last of our perspectives program where we want to do thematic programs. Uh, we have one on collectives, for instance, but this one it's about Hong Kong and filmmakers. Literally, the two directors, uh, James Long and Lin Lin, that just stepped off the plane, are still working on this ongoing documentary because they're literally filming and trying to express through cinema what it's like to be in Hong Kong at the moment. You know, the supposed apolitical state, as the British put it, it's just economy. Well, recent events have shown it's quite the opposite. And filmmakers, not just now, but also in the past, have been finding forms to express that. So to be able to screen huge films like Uncut Jams or, you know, The Lighthouse and films like that, it's all nice. But to be able to raise attention for a program like that and have full houses gives huge energy. Do you think there is a kind of strategy in your programming where, you, where, where you, you're almost using these bigger films as Trojan horses for the, the smaller ones? <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I Actually, I really resent that idea. I resent it to say, here's something you'll like because it's easy, now eat your vegetables. That's not how the Rotterdam audiences work, no. If we show a great film or something that's been huge already, like Parasite, it's because we believe whatever the director or directors are doing is relevant to the core of what the festival stands for in terms of expression or freedom of expression, of looking at film as art first, having something that engages the audience uh, and something that with a bit of relevance also to what mm -hmm. it means to be a human being, whether you're in Rotterdam or in Angola or Philippines or Mexico. Well, one of the things, uh, that was a provo provocation, by the way, because I, I want to <laughs> say that one of the things that I really think is great about this festival, and we have ta already talked about in our podcast, is this idea that the, 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 the strand structure that you've developed in your, in your, in your tenure here is... It's, it, it's, it's, it's a great leveler. It's, it's a way to that it puts all the films on and all the strands on equal pegging. So yes. it, it really like there's a feeling unlike in some other festivals where you have certain tiers of like importance. It, this this is a unique. It feels unique in that everything has, has its own place and it's, it's given the same focus and relevance. Well, thank you. That makes me very happy. We put a lot of effort in making sure of all the. 573 films that we show that each and every one deserves the spotlight, the attention, the right context and the right audience, whoever that may be. Sure, we have a competition and that's like a, a main thing of the festival, but it doesn't matter whether you're in Bright Future for, let's say, more avant-garde discovery films or you're in deep focus for more cinephile films. Each and every film has its own impact and should have its own impact. We're kind of egalitarian in that way and we try to make this work throughout the festival also that if you hang out in the bar and you speak to the director that's on the same level field you can just say I loved your film or just could you please explain to me what the F you are actually trying to do and both are fine and the filmmakers know this and they respect this as a way of I don't know celebrating cinema for what it's supposed to be rather than be I don't know glossied up and packaged and sold as a product and, and also one of the things that Rotterdam has always been famous for and that you have enhanced further since you've been here is, 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 the, is the idea of um, like the diversity in the programming as well. Like Rotterdam has always been known for being very open when it comes to like bringing, bringing the world together almost. And um, was, it, was it an easy task for you to do that? No, because it's always been the core of the festival. See, we have this tiny little fund called the Hubert Balls Fund, named after a founder 
basically we ask rich people we beg for money and then we give it to what used to be called the third world but it's our excuse to be in touch with filmmakers from places where there's no other infrastructure for films it's what we do it's sort of the core of what we do so the recent developments that have brought more attention to the need for diversity the need for multiple voices and perspectives you know finally everybody's caught on this is what we think is totally relevant we did this amazing thing just now um, in uh, in the new institute where there is a huge installation by the Uma Roma a collective that brought something to us that we think is natural to include in a film festival it's a huge RT exposition about the spirituality that connects free black children but it's a logical place within the festival and to say well okay uh, let's file out some boxes and count people and see how, how our percentage of division is. We don't do that. To be honest, that quota thinking goes against the grain. I don't want to have to ask a filmmaker, okay, now fill in this sheet. What do you feel like? What is your minority? What is your sexuality? What is your, how do you identify yourself? You made a film. We'll show the film. And by going back to the same core that the festival stood for always, maybe amplified a little bit, that becomes the wealth of cinema as it is there also next to you know whatever serialized popcorn content we get fed on other platforms can i ask you a question can you could you uh, send your mind back and do you remember the first rotterdam you ever attended that i first attended yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i was still in art school back then here in rotterdam actually trying to become a visual artist didn't turn out that well then how to produce that well that's something else um, the energy there was an energy to it. In the Hilton, where we do our talks and masterclasses now, uh, that used to be the main office of the festival. And I was working as a volunteer driving cars. Ah. But that's not important what I was doing. Who did you drive? Well, you know, filmmakers, struggling <laughs> filmmakers. The only star I ever had in the car was uh, starring in a film called Heavenly Creatures by Peter Jackson, which was Kate Winslet. Ah, very nice. Slept all the way. We didn't have a conversation. She was dead tired. but. Amazing film, by the way. I really liked oh, Heavenly yeah. Creatures. Uh, but the energy in the room was tangible. There was something of a creative energy that is hard to describe unless you're actually here, which is very, very different from any other festival I've attended, and I've been to quite a few by now. Uh, but it sort of gives you the spark to say, can I just be part of this? Can I help somehow? Can I tell my friends? Uh, a couple of years later, I tried to learn how to make films myself, turn into a producer, and now I'm here. And, now, and then you're kind of going, going back to that, I understand. Yes, in, that's in, true. In, in, so you, so you, the fest, when the festival is over, you yeah. have a month and then... I don't have a month. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I had a month. <laughs> no, well, there, there's one element of the festival experience for me personally. This is yep. a personal question. Um, it's usually the end work. Yeah. The films are there. We get to see working versions and it's either good or we don't like it and we select it or not. But that's sort of the end of often a year-long process. So those elements of the pro section where we discuss project and development, I really feel akin to that. Having been a producer, I like the process just as much. When things are just an idea, when sparks are still being discussed and it can still be anything, a total failure or a massive beautiful film. Uh, and I guess going to the film fund, I can put my money where my mouth is and relate to that element of film. So you've, you've written and you've produced, Will you, do you think you'll ever direct? No, 
you know, <laughs> you should see my graduation film from art school. <laughs> Boy, do not direct. Uh, but it doesn't matter. You know, a filmmaker or producer or a collective or how you work. We've been too focused on the one person maybe sometimes. I mean, if a singular visual artist has one single idea that can be beautiful, but it's almost always a collective process. And if there's a person in the back that you don't want to see uh, later on, that's fine. But I love that element of being, you know, at the infrastructure of making something happen, taking all the blame when things go wrong, and uh, you know, just be smiling smugly in the back when things go right. Uh, so my last question to you is like a lot of our listeners are they're really creative people. Yes. They want to make movies and they want to be part of the film festival world. Um, a lot of them probably would would be keen on programming uh, films as well and being uh, involved in festivals like Rotterdam maybe even one day. Could you, in, with your infinite wisdom, uh, <laughs> give, 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 give our listeners a pearl from, from your time as the festival director here? Well, I have even better news than that because um, we don't just spend attention as a festival towards the filmmaker or the producer struggling to make films. We think the appreciation of cinema involves many more facets, including critics. We have a program for many years now called the Young Critics Program, where people actually from all over the world come here and start to learn what it's like to be a critic. Well, first of all, you will never get paid, but still you learn about cinema. Some of those people are actually programming for our festival right now. Uh, uh, Yevgeny used to be a young critic. Wow. Kiva Riedin, who is now running the Toronto section of World Cinema, is, has been a young critic. And this year we started with something which is specifically for young curators, not just in two ways, by the way, we, ha we said, let's make one theme program and let's just get an outside young curator, go wild, just do whatever you want to do. You can fail, doesn't matter, here's some money, we'll try to make it work for you, boom, it's there, sacred beings. Uh, but we also, on top of that, wanted to make use of all the people that are here that are usually very sharing with their experiences. So uh, we devised a program called Sessions. Every morning there's like workshops and a select group of like 20, 25 people speaking about the value and the need of curation and how to go about making sense of this ocean of misery that at a certain point becomes beautiful when it's here. Um, because all those elements matter. If you're focused on, I want to be the visual artist or the director, it, whatever route you take can help you. Just watch films, experience the art, meet people, and sooner or later, you might be running the greatest film festival in the world. Thank you so much for your time, Barra, and congratulations on five glorious years. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that was David talking with Barra Bayer, the director of the festival, the architect of the structure of the programme. But David, this is his final year, isn't it? So he's going to be re replaced next year. Yes, um, and so here's the outgoing one and the new one. Vanya Kalajecic is going to be... Um, Coming next year, she's already, she's already sort of doing the rounds here this year, uh, meeting people and, and, and sort of seeing, you know, getting, getting a sense of the festival. And I think she's taking over something that's in that's in good shape. So, um, it, I mean, I think it's always fun to be making something great even better. So, yeah. hope, hopefully, that's going to be a, a, f a fun task for her. And like, you know, it, it feels like the kind of festival that is willing to take risks mm -hmm. and do interesting things and give give artistic directors a sense of. Uh, uh, you know, a, a bit, a bit of extra control when it comes to like tr do, doing the things they want and moving it in certain directions. So hopefully that will be the case for, for her as well. Terrific. And this has been 
International Film Festival Rotterdam for us. Yep. It's been great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, It's been an absolute pleasure broadcasting here. Listeners, I hope you've been enjoying the episode as well. Eleanor, David, thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'm Michael Leader, and as always, this has been a 7 Digital production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.